Welcome back, everyone. Stacy and Pete here. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Back and better than ever. (laughs) (laughs) So says we. We're running out of time for summer content. I feel like this is one of your favorite times of the year when summer is ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really want any of that anymore. So we're just getting in the last few summer movies that we've seen a big response from on our social media. Like I shared the trailer of this movie that we covered and people went nuts. Yeah, they did. I was surprised. I was too, because I feel like it's more of an obscure movie. Yeah. But it, I think, kind of has like a cult following in a way. Apparently. Yeah, because it was definitely one of our highest performing posts on Instagram and TikTok. Did it go viral? I mean, is that the right term? No, (laughs) (laughs) not quite. But in honor of this movie, you know, I feel like we have talked about what we used to do in the summertime as children. But I want to know a little bit more about what you would do when you were a teenager in the summer. I mean, I would spend a lot of time with my friends when I could. Mm hmm. It was a small group of friends, but, you know, we were pretty tight. The majority of them, there was three of them, two of them had pools. So I'd spend a lot of time swimming and chilling and hanging out by the pool. The other one actually lived near the beach, so it was either pool or the beach. Now, one of these summers, I was over at my friend Matt's house, Mm -hmm. and we were swimming at his pool, and there was a bunch of friends over there, and we were playing with a ball of some sort in it. It was an above-ground pool. The ball got hit out of the pool, so I went out and grabbed the ball, threw it back in, And then I was running back up the stairs and then was turning the corner to jump into the pool. Yeah. And I slipped because you shouldn't run around pools. That's true. So I slid across the deck and I hit the ladder that's on the side of the pool. And I didn't know something was wrong at first. It just kind of, it was like a jarring hit. And I went to stand up and I couldn't stand up. So I I started freaking out a little bit. It, It felt like my leg was like suctioned. To the <laughs> to the deck, which didn't make any sense to me. So I literally, I thought I broke my hip or something. I was trying to pull my leg up. I was pulling as hard as I could. And then I saw no. there was this large bolt <laughs> that held the ladder in through the flange that's attached to the deck. The large bolt, you'd tighten it down to hold the ladder in oh, place. God. The bolt head had embedded itself in my knee because <laughs> all I saw was a set of like threads going into my knee. <gasps> Stop it. And I immediately, of course, freaked out. So they, they had to call the ambulance, which was probably 10 minutes away. So I was just... You just had to stay there. I was stuck there. I couldn't move. Um, they came and like put a towel on me, but um, they got there and they tried to pull it out. <gasps> no. <laughs> and they couldn't. So they unscrewed <laughs> the flange or whatever it's called, from the deck and put like two boards on either side of my knee and just strapped it all up and took me to the hospital with that thing in my knee. Oh, my God. And I can still remember the x-ray from it. (laughs) It was pretty gnarly. I still remember most of it. Like, I can remember them pulling that thing out of my knee. How old were you? I believe I was either 13 or 14. I can't remember which year it was. But it completely ruined my summer. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. It was a pretty church-going family that I was a part of. Right. So we would every summer go to 
this Christian music festival at Darien Lake, which was like the big amusement park up there. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was on my crutches having to crutch around Kingdom Bound and Darien Lake. <laughs> and that, my friends, is why we do not run around pools. Don't run around the pool. Children, if you're listening, you shouldn't be listening. But if you're listening, (laughs) there's a reason for that rule. I remember I told my dad I was running from a bee so I wouldn't get in trouble for running. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, And he still to this day picks on me. Just like, oh, look out, Junior, there's a bee. Don't want to get your knee stuck on something. (laughs) So he thinks that you were actually running from a bee? Yeah, I've never told him. Oh, I'm going to call him right now. (laughs) (laughs) so outside of all the dangerous things that i would do i would also work a lot so i'd paint houses including my own house a few times and i would mow yards installed carpet and that's about it very productive yeah (laughs) oh and my lunch for summer was always the same i would have two cheese and lettuce sandwiches with miracle whip two cookies and unsweetened iced tea ew and i loved it I felt like such a grown-up making that tea for myself. As someone from the South, like, ew. (laughs) It's so refreshing. Yeah, sweetened iced tea is. (laughs) (laughs) So you only ate that meal during the summer? With the iced tea, yes. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd have that all the time. Otherwise, it was your normal meal, but throw in the tea. I think I wouldn't have it with lettuce, so it would be different in the winter. Okay, changing it up a little bit. You went a little crazy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I was definitely not as productive as you were. I spent my summer doing my favorite thing, which is still one of my favorite things, laying on a float in my parents' pool. You love that. Listening to music on my dad's old radio. The best. I do feel like I spent a lot more time with my friends that I didn't go to school with Mm. in the summer. So like neighbor friends and church friends and stuff like that. I would still see friends from school, but just not. As often. Sometimes I would go to Riverbend, which was a big music festival here in Chattanooga. I mean, it still is. It is still going, right? Yeah. I don't know that they did it this year, but yes, it is still going. But one time I went, I think this was the last time actually that I went because you and I've never been together, right? I don't think we have. No. So I think the last time that I went was when I was in high school and I saw the guy that I was like in love with and he didn't see me. But he was walking by and he was like obviously super wrecked and hanging all over some girl. Oh, no. I didn't know who she was. And I was devastated because, I mean, like we were still talking and everything. And I just thought everything was. Oh, you were still talking? Yeah. Oh. Did you run away? (laughs) I didn't run away. It sounds like something I would do. Yeah. I didn't because I was with, I think I was with like my sister and her friends or whatever. But I went home and cried into my pillow. Oh, (laughs) so sweet. But of course, you know, we would go on vacation and sometimes like I would go to the theme parks like Six Flags or Whitewater in Atlanta, an occasional baseball game because that was just what people did. Yeah, it was their lookouts, right? Lookouts or we'd go to a Braves game. Ooh. Occasionally. Fancy. And then like I did a lot of reading and watching movies, writing in my journal, daydreaming, being angsty, (laughs) you know, cutting out. Pictures from magazines and taping them to my walls. You decorate. Yeah. (laughs) Some interior design. (laughs) Stare at the glow in the dark stars on my ceiling. As you do. As you do. It sounds very magical. It was. All right. So this movie that we're covering this week is Shag the Movie. 
Although the dance is featured in the movie. It is. But we watched an interview with Phoebe Cates and she was saying how they changed it to shag the movie so that people wouldn't get it confused with like a shag carpet (laughs) or a hairdo or the dance. You know, (laughs) you got to differentiate. This was your first time seeing it, right? It was. And I can see that I did miss out on something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I thought you kind of liked it by the end. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to think of it. Like when I saw the trailer that she put out on Instagram, I wasn't sure what to expect, really. I think he thought that it was a musical. I did think it was a musical. So I was like, what am I going to have to watch? (laughs) So I think you were relieved when you realized there was just a little dancing. And it's really not even that much dancing. Yeah, it's not that much dancing. I think it's a very sweet movie. Yeah, it was actually enjoyable. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now, for me, this is not one that was like one of my end-all, be-all movies when I was a kid. But when I got older and I met my friends that had grown up in South Carolina and Virginia, and they always went to Myrtle Beach in the summers for vacation, and they always watched Shag, which makes sense why you would watch Shag, because it's set in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. You know, and it's those vibes. And it was filmed there too, right? Like, it's not only, like, set there. It's not like a set. It's filmed there. Yeah, they filmed it there. Yeah. I haven't been to Myrtle Beach in a long time. Yeah. Well, my first time going to Myrtle Beach was with those friends. Oh, was it? Yes. My friend Sarah, her parents had a condo there, and we would go there. I I went several years with her. Mm. It was always a good time. I went on spring break there once. Ah. So, yeah, it came out in 1989. It was directed by Zelda Barron, so a female director. Mm Mm-hmm. It's set in the summer of 63, and it's about four friends who are all very different from one another, and they're about to all be split up because they're graduating. Yeah, you've got Milena, Pudge, and Luann, and they are surprising Carson with a trip to Myrtle Beach. They think they're going to, like, Fort Sumter or something pretty boring. Yeah. (laughs) And Carson's getting ready to get married to this really stuffy, rich guy named Harley. Yeah. And they just want to take her and like one last hurrah. Like it's not really like a bachelorette party, but it's just kind of a let's let loose before we all go our separate ways. I wonder if they were doing bachelorette parties back then. I don't know. I was actually thinking about that. Like when was that term created? Yeah. And it's also weird because it was so accepted that she was, I mean, it wasn't like an arranged marriage, I don't think, but it was like as close to that as you could get. Well, I think back then it was like, well, this rich man wants to marry you, so you do it. Yeah, you're doing it. Like, you don't question it. You don't think about whether or not you actually love this person or not. Right. You just take that opportunity when it comes along. So- They surprise her and they get to Myrtle Beach. There's a lot going on. It's the Sun Fun Festival, which they didn't realize. So there's pageants, dance competitions, parties. It's the most fun. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, the Sun Fun Festival is a real thing. Is it really? And it still happens. And they just had their 65th one in June. Oh, wow. I wonder if they filmed it during the Sun Fun Festival. Because it looked like all decorated for it and there were a lot of people. That would be difficult to get that many extras into a movie. Yeah. Well, and they were all talking about how hot it was. So, I mean, it does get cooler 
in South Carolina at certain times of year. So I would think it was probably in the middle of the summer when they were filming. Yeah. So these girls are kind of the stereotypical characters in a way. Like they all are very different from each other. They fit their own. They're like an archetype. Yes. But I do feel like this movie does a good job of kind of breaking these characters down where you realize that there is more to them. Yeah. They're not as one dimensional as they seem in the beginning. Right. So like we said, Carson's about to marry Harley. When she meets this guy named Buzz, he excites her in a way that she's never been excited before and kind of lights her up and turns her world upside down. So she's got that battle within her kind of makes her just start to question everything. Right. And then Milena <laughs> is a rebellious preacher's daughter. Ah, the best kind. <laughs> yes. And she doesn't want to go to college. Everybody else kind of wants to go to college. Although, well, not everybody else. Like Carson's not going to college, right? Right. But Milena is working hard because she wants to go to Hollywood and be an actress mm-hmm. or a star. And she thinks she's going to do that by winning the Miss Sun Queen pageant. And that's being judged by... Jimmy Valentine, who's like a a big actor or singer of that era. Yeah, he's a superstar. Superstar. So you've got Pudge, who I think is probably everybody's favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe I'm just assuming because she's my favorite. But She was my favorite, too. She's, you know, dealing with insecurities that are surely put there by her mother, you know, because there's obviously some weight issues that she has, even though she is not the least bit heavy. Yeah, it's funny because they, well, first of all, her name's nickname is Pudge, and then people would be like, fat ass, things like that. Right. And you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No. Because actually, like, it would have made sense a little bit more if it's like, okay, all of these people knew her when she was heavier. Yeah. And so that's when she got the nickname, which is super mean, by the way. But it's just, it's stuck. And so that's just what everybody calls her mm-hmm. that knows her. But now you've got these people walking into this bar who don't know her, and they're calling her a fat Right. So I don't get it because she's very clearly not. Yeah. Like at some points in the movie, she's wearing a belly shirt and she's tiny. Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. I was just like, even for the time, you're not heavy. Right. Her body is maybe built differently than some of the other girls in the movie. Like maybe her shoulders are a little broader or something like that. But I mean, who even cares? Like all bodies are different. Right. But she's not remotely heavy. It's just so annoying. It was annoying. (laughs) But let me just also state that even if she was heavier... Pudge is a super mean nickname. Yeah, either way, it is mean. It's a cute name. If If it meant something different. If it meant something different, exactly. So I saw her described as wholesome yet curious, and I think that that's a good way to describe her. Yeah. Because she is like, and I think she's just very pure in, not pure in like an innocent way, but pure in like a, she just really is authentic and- Yeah. She is who she is, and she's excited about what's to come in the future for her. She's a good person. (laughs) (laughs) And she loves to dance, and she gets super excited when she sees that there's going to be a shag competition, and she desperately wants to enter, but she doesn't have a partner. And Um, she can't find anybody to dance with her. Right. Like, when they first get to, like, that dance club, I guess, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, all she wants to do is dance. I feel like she even says, like, why won't anybody ask me to dance? Yeah. And Carson is a good friend there because Buzz asks Carson to dance, Mm -hmm. but she's like, you have to dance with my girlfriend first. Got to dance with my girlfriend first. So she's really happy. Yep. And Pudge doesn't care. She just wants to dance. Yeah. Also, if you don't know the Carolina Shag, you know, which obviously the movie's named after is a type of dance that was started in the Myrtle Beach area like hundreds of years ago. Hundreds. A long time ago. 
<laughs> hundreds of years? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I read that it was actually started in like the 1930s, but then it, it didn't really take off until the 60s. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? What? That's almost 100 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Because I was like hundreds of years ago. And I was like, okay, uh, Stacey, you're being a little dramatic here. but I'd never heard of that dance. I had because my friends. Because of your friends. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that my friend Sarah would talk about how her parents would shag. <laughs> I never saw it. That has like a, uh, I'm thinking of like Austin Powers. Oh. <laughs> parents would totally shag. Shall we shag now or shall we shag later? They would do the shag. They would do the shag <laughs> dance. They would do the Carolina shag. And I wish that I could have seen that because her parents are awesome and yeah. that would have just been amazing. But yes. So finally, we have Luann, who's just trying to make sure that her parents' beach house does not get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And she wants her friends to stay safe. Yeah, like trying to, you know, make sure they don't die. Yeah. She's the uptight and prudish one of the bunch. She is, but, you know, I feel like she also breaks that stereotype because she has some of the best lines in the movie. Like, yeah. she's hilarious. I'd agree with that. All right. So cast-wise, this is one name that I have gotten wrong. My entire life <laughs> until I think the last year. So I, thanks to this podcast, thanks, probably. Thanks to this podcast, I now know it's Phoebe Cates <laughs> as Carson McBride and not Phoebe Cates <laughs> <laughs> as Carson McBride. Phoebe. Phoebe Cates. Oh, what a dumbass. That's all I want to call anybody named Phoebe from now on. Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> There's Bridget Fonda as Melena. Buller, and she is actually the daughter of Peter Fonda, the niece of Jane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Annabeth Gish plays Pudge, whose real name is Caroline Carmichael. Yes. Caroline. <laughs> Just want to say Caroline. Caroline. <laughs> Paige Hannah as Luann Clatterbuck. She's actually the younger sister of Daryl Hannah. Oh, is she? Yeah. I can see that now. Can you? Yeah, in her face. I guess if I, really... I could see it in her face. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see a side by side. Robert Russler plays Buzz Ravenel. 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 I love it so much. Robert was actually the friend of RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., in Weird Science. Yeah, you'd point that out. I was like, oh, that's how I know that guy. He was also in Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Oh, yeah. So popular dude. <laughs> There's Scott Coffee as Chip Gilliard, I think is how you say his last name. Chip. And he's been in a ton of stuff. I think he's gotten into directing now. Gotcha. Tyrone Power Jr. plays Harley Ralston. That's the uh, stuffy rich dude that she's going to marry, right? Yes. Jeff Yeager, I think is how you would say that, is Jimmy Valentine. Carrie Hamilton plays Nadine. She sadly passed away in 2002. And she was the daughter of Carol Burnett. Oh, really? Which makes so much sense when I see her because she yeah, does favor her. She does. Really sad to hear that she passed away. And Leilani Sorrell as Suet. Is she the one in the rebel bikini? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the most problematic thing, I think, in this movie was the use of that flag. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely cringy now. Watching it back in the day, you didn't think about it that way. No. Or at least I didn't think about it that way. I don't think a lot of people did. So that's something that didn't age well. 
but the rest of the movie did. So we chose to look beyond it and just, you know, focus on the good parts. Yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't over. Yeah. It wasn't in a derogatory a, way or anything. Right. And it wasn't that much. Yeah. It <laughs> but it is. I, I know that like we hit play on it. And, you know, here's Pete who's never seen this movie. And all of a sudden you see Shag and the letters are in the Confederate flag. <laughs> Like the lettering is the Confederate flag. I think I literally said, like, what are we going to be watching? (laughs) You're like, what have you gotten me into? Okay. So fun facts were actually really hard for us to find. Yeah. Like the normal sources that we have for facts, trivia, documentaries, behind the scenes. We went to all those places. Yeah. And there was like nothing. The cupboards were bare. So we kind of scrapped together a little bit of information and we're going to give it to you, but just know it's, you know, obviously just not going to be as <laughs> as in-depth as normal. It's not going to be as awesome as it normally is. I will say that Amber, who's one of our listeners and like our first Patreon member and all of that, she's awesome. Hi, Amber. Hey. She had told me that her favorite movie is Stand By Me. And okay. it's also her husband's favorite movie. And she listened to that podcast and many of the fun facts that we shared she had never heard. Really? Yeah. So I was like, yay! Because <laughs> she's like, I don't know how I missed all that stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, pat myself on the back a little bit. Mission accomplished. Yeah. You know, I'm always nervous about when something is someone's favorite movie, like, will we do it justice? And you just have to hope for the best. Listen, you're going to miss things. And maybe we don't even miss them. Sometimes we don't have time for them. Right. So the fun facts that I did find out, I have to say that I was just talking to Joanna. Here's another shout out. It's one of our amazing listeners and Facebook mods. What's the group name? The Cozy Club. Dash. Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was saying how it was supposed to be the next Dirty Dancing, which makes sense because it was choreographed by Kenny Ortega, who also choreographed Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. And Ferris Bueller and many, many, many other things and also has directed a ton of stuff. It's funny. I know that name now. Like, oh, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Kenny. He does a good job. Our old friend Kenny. Yeah. (laughs) So this was a fun fact that you found and researched. Two of the most well-known actresses in this movie, Phoebe Cates or Phoebe Cates (laughs) and Bridget Fonda, no longer act. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think is pretty well known, but it is just kind of funny to think about, like, these were probably the two most well-known names in the movie. Yeah. And yeah, neither one of them have done anything in so long. Like Phoebe left in 94. Yeah, not much long after this. Right. I read that she was cast as Annie Banks in Father of the Bride. Oh, really? Yeah. But then found out that she was pregnant. Oh, so she had to turn it down? Yeah. Wow. And then I think, you know, just being a mom and she had married Kevin Klein, like right when Shag was coming out. Yeah. So I think she just really wanted to focus on raising her children. She returned to the screen once in 2001 in the anniversary party. And I think that Kevin and their kids were all in it yeah. as a favor to Jennifer Jason Lee, who she had been besties with ever since they were in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then she also provided her voice of her Gremlins character, Kate Berenger, for the video game Lego Dimensions. And that was in 2015. Oh, I wonder if I played that one. I played a lot of the Lego games. Oh, really? Yeah. She did open a store, though, in Manhattan. I forget what it's called, though. Hmm. But she had said, like, she always wanted to have, like, a convenience store. I was wondering what type. I figured, like, a clothing store. It is. It's not a convenience store. I think it started out as, like, high-end children's toys, and then now there's clothing and, Uh, like, what's the word? Like, I think there's food, but it's, like, fancy food. (laughs) 
I don't know how to explain it. It's a fancy food store. It's a fancy food store. What is all this fancy crap? <laughs> but it seems like she's happy. Yeah. So. And Bridget Fonda left acting in 2003. Also, when she got married, she married Danny Elfman, who's I don't know. the composer. Yeah. Danny Elfman is huge. huge. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't realize that they were married for some reason. And she left, of course, to start a family as well. Yes. I also read that she had had like a really bad car accident in 2003, and I wondered if that maybe had something to do with it, too. Hmm. I don't know what her injuries were or whatever. That might not have anything to do with it, though. So this is something we were just talking about when we were watching the movie, because Buzz calls the beers Bevos. Yeah. And I read that a Bevo was actually a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, I'd never heard this term for beers before. Is it just like Bevo, like beverage? Like beverage? Yeah. And maybe... He was just saying it more with an E sound. Yeah. But they're clearly drinking Paps Blue Ribbon. Some Peebers. Peebers. Yeah. So I wonder if like, maybe we just misunderstood and he was saying Peebers. But no, no I mean, he it said, sounds like he, he was, was saying, saying Bevo. Bevo. Yeah. But someone, I did read someone said that where they grew up in the South, they called them Blue Bows. Okay. You know, because the Blue Ribbon. So they would order Blue Bows. And so she was saying maybe he just was saying Blue Bow really fast. Blue Bow. No, he was saying Bevo. Really sounded like Bevo to me. Yeah. So if anyone knows the real meaning behind this, I would like to know. Because they definitely were not non-alcoholic beers, and they were talking about getting drunk and stuff. Yeah, they were legit beers. Have you ever had a Peeber? You know what? I don't know if I have. Bad? Yeah, it's a garbage beer. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry to those that drink PBR, but it's not a beer that I enjoy. I feel like maybe I did like in my early days of starting to drink. Yeah. But if I did, it was only like one. Because I know like McNair will get it's some kind of combo at a few places downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a they call iron... it garage beers, right? Or something. No, that's what uh, our buddy BK BK calls craft beers. He calls those garage beers because oh. they're made in like somebody's garage. Okay. He if, gets like a if a, you're listening, what's up, BK? Hey BK. He gets like it it's always like this five dollar combo where it's like a peeber. And, and a, a shot. shot of whiskey. Yeah. Like the, the cheapest whiskey they have. Which just makes me want to throw up thinking about this Oof. combination. Oh, I don't know how he does it. So there is a podcast called $2 Late Fee with Dustin and Zach. And they follow us on Instagram. And they commented when I posted the Shag trailer that they had interviewed Annabeth Gish on their podcast. Oh, really? And, you know, to check it out. So you all should listen to it. It's a really great interview. I listened to it yesterday. She's Lovely. And like, talk to them for an hour. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to go check that out. You will. It was really good and really interesting. And I mean, they talked about her entire career and lots of things, but I was definitely keeping an ear out for any shag information. One of the things that's really cool about their podcast is that they really focus on the soundtracks of movies. Oh, yeah. And so she was like a perfect guest for them because she said that in her career, she's always associated a specific song with a movie Mm -hmm. and she'll like listen to it on repeat to kind of get herself in character. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. And you know me with music. So I just really, really love that. But for Shag, her song was Stagger Lee, which makes sense. Stagger Lee. I mean, it's a great moment in the movie at the end when she and Chipper dancing in the contest. And what I love is that she said she can still do the dance steps. Oh, can she really? From that final scene. Yeah. That is awesome. And now I just want to see her do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
One other tidbit that they talked about was how Annabeth's hair (laughs) is so frizzy in the movie. And she was saying how that was just always kind of a thing because of the humidity in Myrtle Beach. Like her hair was always a thing, like an issue. You always complain about humidity. Yes. Hair and frizziness. Yes. So I definitely can relate to Annabeth here because... I live in modern times where I have products that are supposed to help me with frizz and I pay a lot of money for these products. And if I were to walk outside right now in Myrtle Beach, it would look like Pudge's hair in the movie. (laughs) I feel like my hair is bulletproof to frizziness. I'm very jealous of that. But But you also don't have a lot of hair. Like I have a lot of hair. What are you trying to say? No, I mean, you have luxurious hair. It's just short. (laughs) (laughs) But like we recently... We're at a concert and we walked back to our hotel (laughs) because it was, I don't know, what, like a mile away? It was was like a mile away. Really hard to get an Uber. Oh, remember what happened? We were walking back and (laughs) I was leading the way like a true pathfinder. Gentleman. Well, no, I wasn't being a gentleman because I wasn't (laughs) holding your hand. And what happened? I fell down. You tripped and you fell. And what happened then? You cut your knee. I cut my knee. Oh, I felt so bad. And it was right in front of the cops. It was right in front of the cops. And I wasn't like super drunk or anything. Like I was tipsy, but it wasn't like I didn't fall because I was drunk. I fell because there was like a root there that my foot hit. Yeah. And and I it didn't was, see it. It was nighttime. It was nighttime in the woods. Yeah. Quote unquote woods. It was like a like, well, an, like an island. Am- an amphitheater that's like set in a wooded area. Yeah. It was just one little section that actually had that. The rest of it was all sidewalk and really a nice area of town. This is an Alpharetta. It was like eight feet of woods. (laughs) Yeah. And I found the one route to trip right over. I just remember looking back as you were going down. I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I was so embarrassed. Uh, I felt so bad that I let you down. And then we were walking. Walking down the sidewalk and there were several people walking, you know, a good distance in front of us. But uh, one of the guys just, I mean, ate it on oh, the sidewalk. Did. I forgot but about he that. he was wrecked. Yeah. And I felt so bad for his wife because he kept, he, I think he fell twice. I saw somebody earlier in the concert when you were using the restroom. Yeah. A lady was walking. This was before the concert started. <gasps> oh, yeah. She was walking from the amphitheater to the bathroom and she was wrecked too. But I mean, she ate it. On the concrete. Wasn't there like a little lip on the, the yeah. concrete? It was a, a seam that went up like two inches or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's dangerous anyway because anybody could trip on that, Yeah, drunk or not. I felt bad for her. Yeah, so sad. But I was sad. And what's funny is I didn't even really look at my knee because I was just like, let's go. Like I wanted <laughs> to just get away from the people that we were around because yeah. I was embarrassed. So I didn't even see it until we got back to the hotel. But I had like blood just gushing, not gushing, but just like. There was blood. There was blood. It wasn't as bad as your poolside incident, but (laughs) that's true. (laughs) But what I was going to say was that when we got back to the hotel, it was July in the summertime in Atlanta, Georgia. And I looked in the mirror and I looked like a witch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Like a cartoon witch. Like it was just my hair was like just super frizzy and like frizzing out in places I didn't even know. Like, I don't even know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was crazy. I don't know that I've ever seen it that crazy before. I should have just worn it up, but I didn't have a hair tie. Were you a good witch or a bad witch? (laughs) A bad witch. A bad witch. Oh, you're a bad witch. Ooh. (laughs) I want to be bad. Little Willa Ford for you. Willa Ford. 
That sounds hot for some reason to me. <laughs> well, she was hot. Willa Ford. She was Is a... Is that a modeling agency now? <laughs> it's like Wilhelmina, I think is what you're thinking of, which I don't know if that's real or fictional. I thought you just said fake shittle. <laughs> Fictional be a thing now. Fictional. Fictional. Oh. Fake shittle. Is that, oh. Do you think that's where they came up with the fake word? Fake shittle. Fake shittle. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Wilhelmina Models. Yeah. I feel totally. Like I, I was right. I feel like that was one of the agencies. That there contacted was, you? That contacted me and they wanted to ship me off to Europe. <laughs> and my dad was like, no. <laughs> Good on you, pops. Hey, it could have been legit. It could have been, but I might have never met you. That's true. But by the way, let me go back to Willa Ford. Yes. So she was kind of a one hit wonder as far as like songs that people knew. I think she had this song called I Want to Be Bad. I want to be bad. Make that look so good. I've got on my mind. She was Nick Carter's girlfriend from Backstreet Boys. I believe her real name was Amanda Williford. And she went by Willa Ford. Oh. That's her stage name. That's cool. Yeah. Be like she... me being P2. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or, or pedal. Pedal. I like that. <laughs> pedal. But anyway, she sang that song. But Only I think re- now she does like interior design and I think she might have like a show. She was on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, but I cannot remember now what she said. But. I just saw something when I was searching for her that mentioned Scott Disick. I think it's his show. Okay. Where they like remodel homes or something like that. Yeah. I think she's on it. There you go. Random. (laughs) Fake shittle. Fake shittle. (laughs) (laughs) Final tidbit of info. We found one YouTube video about shag information. Yeah. And it was Phoebe Cates on David Letterman. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. A little bit. What we did notice first off was that Dave was a little creepy. He was. He was being quite forward with her. Yeah. And she had just gotten married to Kevin Klein, but he was like very flirty. He was. And I think he was trying to be funny, I think. But outside of that, she was also talking about how hot it was and that before a take, they'd have to sit there with a fan, like blasting them in the face. Yeah. Right up until they called action so they wouldn't start sweating. Right. I can't remember it being that hot at Myrtle Beach, but I guess it is. Is that South Carolina? Yeah. Ah, uh, that's why. I mean, it's hot in North Carolina too in the summer. Eh, kind of. It is. If you're like out in the sun, it's really hot. I mean, it's hot here. Yeah. I mean, if somebody was filming a movie here in Tennessee, they would probably have the same issue. I guess they'd melt. They would. Hmm. They'd need their little fans as well. Yeah. What's funny is I think that people still do that to this day. That was like a new thing back then. Like, oh, we have these little mini fans. Because we're rich and in Hollywood. (laughs) All right. I have so many favorite moments from this movie that I think we should just get started. Let's do it. Can I go first? I want you to own the stage. (laughs) (laughs) So I love when Pudge and Ship are on the beach and they're asking each other questions from a magazine, like sex questions, and they're so embarrassed that they cover their heads up with towels. It's just such an innocent, authentic moment. I'll be honest here. I miss the part where we found the reason as to why they were covering their heads with a towel. I didn't know why they were doing that. I just thought it was a thing that they did in the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, nobody said like, hey, let's cover our heads because we're embarrassed. It was just like a, a, a thing you just understood. You call me dumb right now? No, I just think you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention-ish. On his phone. I was looking up information as I do. Yeah, but you missed an important moment. One of my I, favorite moments. Listen, you might have it wrong. It could be how they did questionnaires <laughs> in the 60s. Okay. It was a rule that if guys and gals <laughs> asked each other questions from teen magazines, they had to cover their faces. You have to. Or you go to jail. <laughs> they were so embarrassed and it was just so cute. It, it was, was just this little like innocent moment. That I really liked. It's like they were getting to know each other and being vulnerable with each other. And I remember like having phone calls like that with my guy friends when I was young and talking about that kind of stuff. And like it felt so embarrassing, but also kind of freeing to talk to someone that you might be attracted to at some point or whatever. Like just somebody, you know, I was used to chatting with my girlfriends about stuff like that. So it was just Mm. different to talk to a guy about it because I never had before. Okay, you go. Okay. So when Carson says to Buzz, you want me to go all the way up there to a Yankee school just so I can come over every weekend and practice free love with you? And Buzz goes, well, not every weekend. (laughs) Now that's my rendition. Let's hear the actual line. You want me to go all the way up there to a Yankee school? Just so I can come over every weekend and practice free love with you. Well, not every weekend. Mine was better. Pretty close. (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) I'll never, I'll never be hungry again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're quoting some Malena doing some Gone with the Wind. Have you watched Gone with the Wind? One time. One time. Same here. With my mom. I remember it's like, I'll never go back to Tara or something. That's the only line that semi sticks with me. I just remember it being really, really long. I remember I was sitting in the floor of the living room with my mom watching it. I think it was either right before I moved to L.A. or right before I moved to Orlando. It was one of the two. But it was a movie that she had grown up watching and I had never seen it. And I had expressed to her that I wanted to watch it with her at one point just because I had never seen it. And at that age, when I was like 18, 19, 20, I was really getting into watching like classic movies and like black and white movies. And that's when I really got into Audrey Hepburn and watching Roman Holiday and Uh Breakfast at Tiffany's and all that kind of stuff. And my mom had always liked that movie. So Breakfast at Tiffany's was the theme of? My bridal shower. Your bridal shower. I love the colors of that. Me too. Tiffany Blue. Tiffany. So wait, so are you going to say any more about why you like that line? That he's just like, well, you don't have to come every weekend, but that is what I would like you to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just funny because he was assuming that. that That's what she was going to do. Yeah. Right. She'd be down for that free love. Right. Which also means there'd be other people involved, potentially. (laughs) Well, depending on how you look at it. Old Buzz. Listen, he was a bit of... An F boy. Absolutely. A bit is putting it lightly. Yeah. He was an F boy. Yeah. I think that when I first watched it, I really romanticized him because he is, I mean, listen, that is a trope in movies and TV shows where the main character who might be a little more innocent has this option of a certain kind of person. And then they meet this quote unquote bad boy, you know what I mean? Who just makes you just rocks your world rocks your world it's true isn't it (laughs) he's smirking at me because he thinks that's him (laughs) 
<laughs> it might have been. It might have been a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a bad. I didn't have any tattoos. All right. So I, I didn't have that box ticked. Such a stereotype. I know, but we're talking about movie stereotypes. Okay, all right, all right. But Buzz didn't have tattoos. I think Buzz probably had a tramp stamp. (laughs) (laughs) In 1963. Yeah. All right, back on task. Let's go. There were definitely some things that he did in this movie that irritated me watching it now. Okay. That I was like, Carson. Don't marry Harley, but don't fall for this either. Well, he was very forward in the beginning. Yeah. And also, uh, Hay, like he threw like a condom at their- Is that what that was? Yeah. A condom at their window and beer. Guys can just be- Four years old when they're 20 or right. however old, just 18. They see girls that they like and somehow they think that that's going to attract them, but it did. Well, they probably think that because movies show them that. It's true. Right. As soon as he did that, as soon as he threw the condom at the window and Luann was very upset about it. Yeah. Who, as Buzz drove by, looked back? Carson. Yeah. Her interest was piqued. That's right. Listen, we've just been trained. It's not our fault. But also, he's just really good looking. And so (laughs) a lot of times people can look past douchebag behavior for a good looking person. Papers over the cracks. Especially when you're 18 years old. I wouldn't know anything about that. Okay, so my next one, when Carson comes back from her night with Buzz and she's telling the girls how they went all the way (laughs) and Luann is like, oh, are you sure? (laughs) You poor thing. Put up your feet, okay? (laughs) And then we have to play this clip right here because Carson's like, (laughs) y'all, I'm wild. Guess I've been wild all along. I just... Didn't know it till now. <laughs> and her hair's all like disheveled. And then Pudge is like, way out. <laughs> it's so good. That is a good scene. I love it. There are just so many little moments in this movie, like tiny things that I would hear my friends quoting before I watched it that I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know where it came from. But then when you watch the movie, it's like, oh, that's where it came from. And it's like just this little, little moment stuck with people so much that they quote it all the time. Right. And you only know it if you've watched the movie. But I'm like, well, that's, that's how I was with like Grease 2 and Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Well, I was older then, but yeah, (laughs) that's just Shakespeare. I mean, look. It was funny because actually we watched Romeo and Juliet last night and there there were a lot. Sidebar. Sidebar. There were a lot of lines in that movie that I didn't remember. They were from Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare. Right. And it's like people are still saying that. Yeah. That's from like the 1600s or whatever it is. It's crazy. It's also crazy because I didn't realize that I still had all of that in my brain. Yeah, you did. I could have recited that entire movie to you if I really wanted to. In Shakespearean English. Yeah. And that's what's so funny is because that movie came out in 96. Like, I don't think we'll ever be able to really cover it on the podcast, which makes me sad because it was such a great movie for me and and so impactful, mostly just because it was, I think, like a sexual awakening. Like, I loved Leonardo. So like, that's where I really it sparked something in me. Well, actually, Jordan Catalano was before that. So probably, I guess, you know, anyway. It fanned the flames that were burning. Yes. (laughs) And it was one of the first movies that I saw a gazillion times in the theater. But like that came out after I had already covered Romeo and Juliet in school. 
Like, I think that I learned about it in English in ninth grade, which would have been like 94, 94, 95, I think, mm-hmm. that school year. And after Romeo and Juliet came out, that 1996 version, that's what teachers started showing in school. The movie? Yes. Really? Many people, when I posted that the other day, I made a meme about it and people were like, I used to watch that in English class all the time. And I was so jealous because I was like, that's one of my favorite movies. I would have just killed to be able to watch that in school all the time. Well, it's like line by line almost, if not line by line, very close to the play. And I love the fact, though, that they managed to modernize it and just the way they acted it, you could understand it. In a different way than the way I learned Romeo and Juliet in like the old school version. Right. <laughs> By old school, it was like probably I probably watched a version that was filmed in like the 60s or something like that. I had to read it. In yeah, AP I mean, I, I read it, too. We, I mean, I had to memorize monologues. Humble brag. I had to read it in AP English. Oh, <laughs> AP. <laughs> I was only in college prep. <laughs> That's the same thing. Well, it wasn't in my school. Oh, it wasn't? No. AP was what? Advanced? Advanced placement. But it was really like college level classes. No, we had like regular classes and then college prep and then AP. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. If I'm remembering that correctly. You probably are. You have a good memory. Because they definitely had it where it was like certain kids were not on the track for college because they didn't want to go to college. So they just, I think, just did the most basic thing they could. Yeah. No shade to that, because if you know what you want, then go for it. You yeah, know do your mean? thing. So I just did college prep, and I had the opportunity to do some AP stuff that I actually didn't want to do, because mm. I had heard that it was just so much work. I was like, no, thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of work, I actually. was lazy. So back to that moment, though, where Pudge is talking to them about how they went all the way or whatever. It's just so funny, because it's so... It's such a like a real moment with your friends when something major like that happens. And then you have the friends that are like innocent and they're just like, did it hurt? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like wanting to know the details of it all. I don't know. It's just such a little just a small little scene. But I just think it's great. It is great. Okay, my next one. So when they throw the big party at Luann's parents beach house, when Pudge and Chip are hiding under the table. Yes. And everybody is drinking Purple Jesus. Little PJ. Little PJ and sliding around on the floor. It's so gross. It is so gross. It really grossed me out. Gross! (laughs) Add on to that when Chip is doing his Rocky and Bullwinkle impression. That sounds nothing like Rocky and or Bullwinkle. And I love that she has him do it again and it sounds exactly the same as the first time he did (laughs) it. But I love that, too, because that's kind of what makes it funnier. It actually doesn't sound anything like it, but she just laughs with him because she likes him. And I feel like that's a pretty innocent, normal moment. I liked it. So this is another pageant chip moment. (laughs) But I have to go with the end of the movie when they enter the shag contest. And it's all after this culmination of like them having a miscommunication where each one of them thinks that the other one doesn't like them. and. He's left. He's left. They've thought that they might not see each other again. Yeah, because he was going to the Naval Academy. Right. So she thought he was gone. It's like the mistaken identity or just like, I didn't quite understand what was going on trope. 
Well, and he did that thing that guys do where he was like trying to play it off like he didn't actually like her. Yeah, I was shocked by that part of the movie in particular when he yeah. did that. I was just like, because it's when they were in the bathtub. Right. And he's like, oh, I feel like I can tell you anything. I can be myself with you. You know, I think that she thinks this is where he's going to like confess his feelings. Because yeah. he was really wanting to fall in love this summer and all of that. So he'd have somebody to write to. And he's like, well, now I realize I can just write to you. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. I don't have to find love because I can just write to you. And I was literally like, what? It's so confusing (laughs) because he really seems like he's all in with her. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't really talk about the fact that they have feelings for each other. But you don't have to. He was given all the signs. Very clear. Yes. I mean, their chemistry is palpable. That is the perfect way to put it. (laughs) So it's kind of this nice moment where they both think they're not going to see each other again. And then they end up at the shag competition. And she walks up to him and she does his Rocky Bullwinkle thing. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, Rocky, want to see me pull a rabbit out of my hat? And he turns around and she's got the two ribbons for the contest that has like, I think they're number 12. Right. And so they, you know, enter the contest and also they confess their feelings and kiss and everything's wonderful. They clear up the miscommunication. They do. All is well. And they dance and it's great and the crowd loves it. But my favorite part of all of this was just the way that their friends were cheering them on. Yeah. Like Carson was all wrapped up in her love triangle. She's just ended her engagement or or about to end it. I can't remember the exact order right there. But all of a sudden she sees Pudge on the dance floor and she's just like, Pudge, you know, and forgets everything else around her and is just zeroed in on her friend. It's a good friend. It is. Like, it actually made me kind of emotional. Did it? That little moment. Yeah. Because there's just something about, like, a lot of people have surface friends. You know, Mm -hmm. but there's something about that friend that like genuinely and truly roots for you. Right. And is there for you no matter what. Yes. And it's like this moment where you can put yourself aside and all of the stuff going on in your life and focus on something that's making them happy. And, you know, you're rooting them on. And it, it was just such a great moment. Yeah. So my last one. It's your last one. I have so many more. It's my last normal one. Oh. One, two, and three. Okay. I've got HMs. All right, all right. Back to the scene with Purple Jesus. It's when they're actually making Purple Jesus. Mm -hmm. And like the whole house is chanting. As they're like bringing the trough in, they bring this big like horse trough in. Mm -hmm. They set it down. They start loading it up with various liquors. I think you said like Everclear is in there. and Vodka. Vodka. Something must get in there to make it purple. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's the shoe that keeps getting dipped in there (laughs) that somebody's drinking out of. But people are like dipping their head in repeatedly. They're dipping their cups in. It is a disgusting trough of liquor. It's so gross. It's like super gross. Gross. It's like when I think about bobbing for apples now. Yeah. It really grosses me out to think right. about. It's kind of on that level. Like the Except only way. you're drinking. Right. You're just drinking out of it. <laughs> like a dude's there with a straw like straight in it. The only way I would bob for apples is if there was like a hose in there that's constantly like refreshing the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you put new water in every time. Every time. Have you ever had Purple Jesus? I don't think so. PJ. So I was exposed to PJ by actually a friend that lived in South Carolina. And I don't know if it's just like a big thing that was in the Carolinas or something, if that's where that all came from. Mm -hmm. 
Or it's just irony that that's where I first had PJ, or it's really the only place I've ever had PJ. But the way they did it was that they would put different kinds of fruit in, and then you pour in vodka and Everclear and grape juice, which is where the purple came Uh, from. Okay. And some fruit punch. I saw some recipes where they do like ginger ale instead of fruit punch. And then some people will do purple Kool-Aid instead of grape juice. But I think that maybe the original way was with grape juice. Now, do you just like grab a cup and dip your hand in or do you like serve it out? You make it, you put it together, you put it in the fridge for 24 hours. 24 hours. So that the liquor and everything soaks into the fruit. Oh, okay. So then you're eating like boozy fruit as well, like on top of drinking the drink, which also it's like when I think about drinking that now, I want to puke because it's so sweet. Right. And I don't really do sweet drinks anymore. No. But that's like definitely one of the first drinks that I ever got sick drinking. Okay. What I remember from the first time that I got sick drinking is what came out of me (laughs) was purple. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine probably was too, but look, we've already been discussing enough on this episode. Let's let's just leave that there. Okay. HMs. I can't even believe this is an HM because it's such a great scene. There's just so many good scenes. But when Carson and Buzz are hiding from Harley in the closet and she's like, you don't know me. You don't love me. Sure as all damn don't want to marry me, so why don't you leave me the hell alone? And Buzz is like, I don't think I can. And then they make out. It's so great. It's just such a hot moment. It is a hot moment as they slink into that closet. Yes. Or pantry, whatever it is. That's just a really like angsty, tension-filled, sexy moment. I love it. Nice. All right. So my first HM, when they wake up the morning after the party, Yes. Like Luann's out on that couch. Oh my God. So and good. that mansion is just absolutely trashed. <laughs> That's awesome. Like there's so much toilet paper yeah, the yard's hanging been from rolled, the trees. Yeah, the yard's been which rolled. Brought back memories from when I was <laughs> yeah. a kid and my <laughs> yeah. sister's friends would roll our yard every week. But that was like just a joke. It wasn't even out of like hatred or anything. Right. I mean, it's not funny because that takes a lot of time to clean up. It does, but they would even come back. The friends would tell my parents, like, we'll come back and clean it up. Oh, it they would just, come clean it? Yeah, it was just oh, so fun okay. to do it. Yeah. But then they would come back the next day and do it. Clean so it I would wake up so many mornings. I mean, you just imagine like I'm like 10 and so many mornings I'd look out my window and my front yard because I used to have a ton of trees in the front yard. Yeah. And it was just you couldn't even see across the street. There was so much toilet paper. That's hilarious. I wish I bet you that in a box somewhere my sister has pictures of that that I'll probably never see. But man, I wish I could see those. That would be incredible to see. I'm going to send my niece on a mission to find those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Now, somehow they clean it all up. I don't know how they would do that because that house got wrecked. I mean, absolutely wrecked. This is one of your favorite movie tropes yes. where the kids have to rush around because they find out that the parents are on their way yeah. earlier than expected and they have to really quickly clean up a super you know, destroyed house from a party. They're not even like really doing that in this one, though. They're just like lazing about, yeah. slowly like sweeping the floor. Right. Like, yeah, we'll just get all this. They trashed that house. Oh, yeah. That would have taken like a full day's work. Or more. And like, didn't they like rip paintings and stuff like that? Yeah, I think some things were like super destroyed. Yeah. The way they were sliding across that floor through the PJ. Ruined. You know, there's no way they just did it without her parents noticing when they come in. Somebody had like a button on their jeans. They had like button fly jeans or something. 
where they slid across and scraped those floors up. <laughs> <laughs> That's but the adult in me. Also, though, you have to think about the fact that they did take the parents straight to the shag competition. So maybe there were still people back at the house. And the housekeeper was there. And so maybe okay. like they were cleaning up while the shag competition was going on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the housekeeper, Elvira. 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 Ooh, ooh. She's back at the house working, cleaning up their mess. Hopefully somebody's there helping her. I hope so. This isn't a particular moment, but there are just so many great quotes like I talked about before. I love how everyone always says, this is the most fun. <laughs> I have a friend named Beth who would say that just naturally because I think she had said it so much, you know, quoting it. Right. That it just naturally comes out. Instead of saying that something's fun, she always says it's the most fun. <laughs> I love it so much. Another moment is when Milena runs into the girls who are going to enter the Miss Sunqueen competition. Suet and Nadine, they're in the bathroom and she walks out of the bathroom stall and she says, I got news. You're going to lose. <laughs> and then when she walks out of the bathroom, you just hear one of them yell. <laughs> which is another one of the quotes that my friends always used to say, too, which is just hysterical. Now, that's one that I know, too. I just didn't know it was from this movie. Oh, really? Your roots are showing. So good. I feel like it was quoted somewhere else. You probably heard me say it. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> so I like when Buzz wakes Carson up with the fishing lure. Oh, yeah. But he's like hitting her in the face with it. And I was just like, dude. That's got a hook on it. I know. I kept like cringing, thinking that she was going to get cut up or something. Yeah. But like in that scene, she tells him, nothing's going to happen between us. And he says, I'm glad you said something because I think we should just be friends. <laughs> <laughs> he was just so freaking is snarky, the word smug. Very smug. Just like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Because I was going to say something, too. That I, I think we should just be friends. <laughs> yeah. It's same as like even when they first meet and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm engaged. And he's like, I'm sorry, you're engaged, too. Like, <laughs> he's just so confident. Yeah. And like he can tell that she's into him. And I think he knows if he just keeps at it, she'll break. Yep. You know, he's going to win. Another great moment with a great quote is when Carson is on the phone with Harley, which she's not supposed to be on the phone from Luann's parents' house. That was one of the rules. She's on the phone. Because that would have shown up on the phone bill. Yes. Yeah. And he asks her if she's drunk and she's like, I only had half a beer. A beer and a half. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. This was just a great Milena moment. That moment where she finally realizes that it's not Jimmy Valentine. That she needs to pursue. Mm -hmm. It's Jimmy Valentine's manager. Yeah. He's the key to getting her into Hollywood. You know, so she like gets all glammed up and borrows Luann's mom's dress and everything and shows up and he sees her and he's like, have I met you before? And she's like, maybe one of your better dreams. <laughs> it's just so smooth. So confident. <laughs> all right. Last one for me. This is a very small one, but it cracked us both up when Carson and Buzz are off fishing. And Buzz takes his shirt off and he needs her to put sunscreen on him. Yeah. She literally puts sunscreen on like the top of his shoulder blades slash right below his neck, like an inch mark. Yes. And then she's done. <laughs> then she's done. <laughs> like, you're good to go. No sunburn for you. That's also where she lets him know she doesn't drink during the day. Oh, because <laughs> she's a lady. I bet that changes later on. Yeah. And then we've already mentioned... How Luann says, gross. It's always after talking about like premarital sex 
and boners. <laughs> boners. <laughs> it's so good. And I love how they all like call the guy sweet potatoes. <laughs> what a sweet potato. That's just so like pure sounding, you know, like I kind of want to start saying that again. You're going to call me a sweet potato? Yeah, I'm going to be like, you're or such a sweet potato. You're such a sweet potato. <laughs> He's such a sweet potato. <laughs> Luann reminds me of Chrissy from now and then. Yes. Yeah. That's like the whole like, have you ever French kiss anyone? And she's like, are you kidding? I don't want to get pregnant. I don't know. I just gave her a Southern accent, yeah. but I'm in shag mode right now. <laughs> I would say that could be her mom, but yeah. it's too early. They're too close to be her mom. Right. Because now and then is set in 1970. 1970, yeah. Well, Luann could be her mom. Well, she's well, not seven, though. She'd already oh, have to like, like 12. Have, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Maybe they're related. <laughs> And then this was just a super great moment. As someone who is not a thin person, and I always appreciate how you love me just as I am, when Pudge tells Chip that she's sensitive about her weight, because he's like making a joke about elephants or something, and she just immediately assumes that it's about her weight. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, and she's like, I guess I'm just sensitive about my weight. And he's like, what weight? Yeah, that was a good moment for that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And then they go dance and it's just so great. And I think, though, that it was just such a moment where for the first time she realized that not everyone in her life saw her that way. Right. Because I think she just felt fat because that's how she thought everyone viewed her. And I think everyone kind of still did view her that way, even if she like once was and now she's not. Mm-hmm. They still kind of put her in that category. But She meets this new person who's just like, what are you talking about? Right. It was a small but important moment it was. between them. Yeah. I liked it. Me too. Is that it for our favorite moments? That's it. There's so many, though. I Like, there are still more that I'm thinking about. But that would be like me quoting the entire movie <laughs> on here. So I'll cut it out, <laughs> as Dave Coulier would say. Cut it out. <laughs> All right. This week, I thought it would be fun to talk about songs that we loved from both the year that this movie is set and the year that it came out. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. So I'll go first. A song from 1963 that I love. Jumping on the Wayback Machine. I chose One Fine Day by the Chiffons. in love with this song actually when they performed it on Rags to Riches, which is a <laughs> movie slash TV show in the late 80s. And then I also loved Natalie Merchant's cover of it in the movie One Fine Day with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer that came out in 96. I don't know that I know that cover. <gasps> oh, it's so good. Let's play it. One fine day You look at me And then you'll know our love was meant to be One fine day You're gonna want me for It's so my teenage years just being angsty, but I loved it so much. That's a great song. All right. For me, this song, I think it was actually released in 62, but it was one of the top songs of 63. Okay. 
It's Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal Puff and brought so this is a song that my mom would play for me when I was little. Yeah. And I would always cry when I heard it. When you were little, you cried? I still cry to this day <laughs> when I hear it because I listened to it today and I started tearing up because I feel so bad for Puff and little Jackie Paper and him were such good buddies. And Jackie just forgets about him and leaves him behind. And he just has to go off to his dragon cave and he's alone. And I just feel so bad. Oh, that's so sad. And I feel like little me knew that's what was happening. Jackie forgot about Puff. You're such a sensitive soul. <laughs> I love you. It reminds me of the videos that you would see now that go viral of like little kids being emotional about something. Yeah. I saw something the other day just of a kid that was watching this moment in the Dennis the Menace movie that was yes. really emotional. And I he did was see that. losing it. And yeah. I, it made me cry just watching it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so precious. Just that someone so young can really tap into their emotions like that. Right. You know, that's so sweet. So just the thought <laughs> of you doing that. Oh. Love it. All right. So 1989, I'm going to go first. Okay. This is a song that we played on one of our concert nights. It's by Martika Toy Soldiers. I mean, for me, it's just such a haunting song and melody. Like overall, it's a unique sound and it just sounds and feels like 1989 to me. Yeah. When you hear it and when you see the video. And I just have to add that Martika was a cast member of the one and only Kids Incorporated. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> Love her. So my song from 1989 is Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. Whatever it takes or how my heart breaks. What a ballad. Oh. So I had the cassette single and 10-year-old me could just feel the passion behind his voice and in the lyrics. And I still do today. It's a song that if I hear, you know, I'm going to belt it out. Yeah. Also, it's the song that J.C. Chazay of NSYNC fame auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club with. Did he? And yeah, it's one of my favorite things to watch of all time. <laughs> you should find it and play it right here. Let's do it. Wherever you go, whatever you do. I was like, this kid has a lot going on. Right here waiting for you. So cute. Wow. He has such passion. He does. For such a youngin. <laughs> By the way, the day we're recording this right now is JC's birthday. Well, happy birthday, JC. It's going to be May. Sorry. May. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be probably two weeks from now when this actually comes out, but that's okay. <laughs> so I guess that's it. That's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed. I hope we did shag justice. 
shag the movie, shag the carpet, shag the hair. All of it. The Austin Powers kind of shagging. All of them. All of them. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five-star rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a nice review. You may listen on other platforms and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers. Bye. Bye.